Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said in every episode, we got a great show for you. We've got We've got Larissa Gaines. She loves singing, songwriting, dancing, modeling, competing in pageants, and various talent competitions. She is passionate about all things creative from fashion to the arts, and she is also the current junior Miss Magnolia State. And we're excited to have her on for yes. you. So Larissa, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's definitely our pleasure. Yes. Um, now we're in a tough time right now with COVID. So how has COVID affected you and what you do? Uh, and you know, what, what are some things you've done to maneuver through this crazy new maze? Absolutely. So this is actually one of the questions that I got in my interview whenever I was competing. And I'll say uh, it again. Um, COVID has definitely been an eye-opener to a lot of people, and it has definitely shut down our world in a way. And so we are kind of having to figure out ways to maneuver through these times without putting people in danger and while keeping everyone safe. So doing things like community outreach or being able to go and visit my grandmother, who I visit in the Culpeper Assisted Living Home, um, we've just been able to try and figure out ways to maneuver around that by doing social distance events by like mm. my dance team right now, we're going to do egg the yard, which we're helping out the parents and egging the kids yard. So we don't really have social interaction, but yeah. we're still able to yeah. get out and help the community. And, and, you know, I've noticed something too, that I believe that the future of like music is going to be, cause you know, it's always been people live stream or people um, were live. And then, but they never really connected the two. I bet the future, and I just, it's funny because I was just on Facebook a while ago and I actually seen Christian Bush post that he's doing a live show. But he said, if you're not local, don't worry. Um, they're, they're live streaming it too for 20 bucks for $20 tickets. That's, I think, the future of a lot of artists and stuff like that events where you can have your live show. But you can connect your online audience too now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, definitely. Because this year during Miss Magnolia, they live stream it every year. But usually not a ton of people get on the live stream because they're allowed to have more people in the venue. So this year you can still go and watch the live stream on Facebook. But there's so many more people on it this year than there were last year just because of COVID restrictions. Which I think is absolutely amazing that mm -hmm. we're being able to interact with people more and have more of an audience because there's more capabilities now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and cause if this would have happened 10 years ago, right. It would have hurt. I mean, it hurt anyway, but it really would have hurt our oh, country. It would have, definitely. <clears throat> cause at least the technology was there just ready for mm -hmm. people to run with it. Right. So, you know, that's just like yes. with us, you know, we launched this show in January, 2020, a couple months before COVID. Yes. And I remember thinking, I'd like to do 100 interviews first year. We thought if we could do that. <clears throat> and we were like, yeah, that would be a lot of interviews. And we, and we thought that was pushing it, to be honest with you. But we went for it. And then COVID happens. Mm -hmm. And I told Sandy, well, this could be our silver lining. You know, exactly. maybe our time to shine. So we stepped it up. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. Yeah, it's a lot more entertaining for people whenever you can't go outside your house or quarantine inside. So podcasts and interviews and online stuff like this, the views and stuff have skyrocketed just because people can't leave their house as much as they would like. So it's a new form of entertainment. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And hopefully it's here to stay because you know we're betting so, yeah. we're betting on our show being big eventually. <laughs> I feel like even if COVID disappears, I feel like now that people are so many more people are aware of this world that we have on the entertainment industry through live streams and podcasts and stuff. I feel like it'll still stay pretty popular just because people are enjoying it even now that obviously in Mississippi the quarantine restrictions have been lifted. Like you can go outside your house more so. But what's funny still, is obviously being in touch with things like this. What's funny is in mm-hmm. Georgia, um, I think we went a couple months. Yeah, yeah, it was about two by, months. By the end of April, we <clears> were <throat> back to normal. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <clears throat> and since September, we've been back in our church, church. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw a lot of things starting to open up, and then it was like they would shut down again, and then mm-hmm. it would open up. And then you see people without masks and people with masks and no oh, one was wow. gone. And now we're kind of at a flat line right now. We're just all kind of waiting to see what happens next. But things are looking up. So that's like, you know, on the 21st, we're planning on spending five days in Nashville. So we're hoping. Yeah, that, so excited about so exci- that. We've never been to Nashville. And we're planning on, it's funny, we, we, we do the opposite of a lot of people. We've never been there, but we're going to definitely move there. We already know that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of pageants and all that? Okay, so funny story about the pageant hobby. So pageants never were really a hobby. I was never interested in them. I told my mom for years I would never do pageants. They weren't my friends. <laughs> and then all of a sudden one day I was just like, what do I do? Like, let's go for it. But outside of pageants, which have now kind of become an obsession of mine, um, <laughs> I like to sing, I like to dance, and do different things like modeling and outside outreach of community service. Wow. So you're the current Junior Miss Magnolia State. Tell us about that title. All right. So the Junior Miss Magnolia State and all the other divisions, there's a Junior Miss, Teen Miss, and Mrs. So there's that pageant system, and then there is the exact same pageant system for younger kids, which there are seven divisions for, mm. um, which consists of baby miss, teen miss, tiny miss, young miss, little miss, preteen oh, miss, wow. and yeah. So there's a huge variety for all different age groups of kids, but you see a lot of the older divisions, junior, uh, teen, miss, and misses. So it's an absolutely wonderful organization. They make it so much fun. And even this year with COVID restrictions, they found amazing ways for the contestants to still feel in touch with each other, but stay safe. So oh, yeah. it's just amazing seeing things like pageants or like the normal things that us kids love to do. We're still able to do it in a healthy way. I get questions all the time on my TikToks and stuff because I'll post videos <laughs> back in November whenever I was crowned. And people will be like, why don't you have masks on, like on stage? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you don't see the fact that we're six feet apart. Like we're taking those precautions. But exactly. That's good. You don't see backstage that as soon as we get back there, the first thing we do is we put on our masks. We had, mm-hmm. especially in evening gown and stuff, we would hook our masks onto our heels or we would leave them on our wrists or we would stuff them underneath our dresses or something so that they weren't necessarily visible to the audience and they felt like they were getting a normal experience without the masks. But we were still being cautious backstage, making sure that everyone was safe. Mm-hmm. So someone asked, what What do you think of the toddlers and tiaras? So I get this question a lot from different newscast stations and my friends and stuff. I've never watched toddlers and tiaras, 
but from what I've seen, it's a very unrealistic um, way of showing things. Obviously, on TV, things can yeah. be fabricated, things can be stripped, whether they say it or not. Um, and some of our favorite TV shows that they say the reality or this is actually how the people act, a lot of the times they will have their actors not necessarily be who they are. So it isn't really reality because you wow. have to mm-hmm. fight in you to create drama to get views. That's just yeah. how right. now. So I think it's a very unrealistic. I mean, I've met several little girls who are in pageants. And of course, there are going to be those kids who think that they're better than everyone or that they are showing that fabrication of pageantry to be true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very sad that that is everyone's idea of pageantry that from toddlers and tiaras or from different videos where kids are acting um, like their attitude is unexcusable. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it's just how everyone is. But like, but I've, it's not. Met, I've met several little girls through this like past seven months of my reign and they have been absolutely sweethearts. Like the sweetest people ever. I think I've seen more kids walk up to their mom and say, Hey mom, I'm tired. I need a nap. And instead of crying, I think I've seen, these like five and six year olds be more responsible than wow. some of the teen yeah. girls that I know. So I think it's just crazy how people think that's how everyone is. And instead of actually getting to know girls who do pageants or that model or do different things that everyone has this conception that we're brats or we're petty or like all these different things, instead of getting to know us, they let TV create the social standard of who we are. And that's the negative effect to reality TV. Now yeah. we're reality TV junkies. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> yes, um, we love to watch. But we also know that even though it says the word reality, a lot of it's really not reality. Yeah. Yes, and, and dramatized. And dramatized. And so you know, that's one of the issues that I do see is a lot of these shows popping up doing like that um, from the dance moms and other stuff. Yeah. And, and it really dramatizes everything and it makes it look like everybody is after everybody. And, and like yes. you said, that's for ratings and we get that. And we get that. And that's the negative side of that. I will watch interviews of girls who have been on Dance Moms or have been on Toddlers FTRs just on YouTube. And afterwards, mm-hmm. they're like, you have to have that fight in you of producers telling you, like, hey, I need drama to get views up. Which yeah. is crazy that that's how it is, but that's, like, what you need to keep people interested. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> so what is, you know, and since we're talking about this subject already and I already know what this is, so what's your platform? So my platform is hashtag you are enough. I actually have a bracelet on today that says hashtag you are enough. I don't know if you can see it or if it's backwards, but I have those bracelets and basically it stems from a real life experience that happened to me that it's sad that a lot of people discredit these things. Um, In third grade, I was sorry, not third, fifth grade. I was heavily bullied and that pretty much lasted in different forms of different people all the way from fifth grade to about seventh going just like sandy oh yes yeah that's the same around same time period yeah they went through and it's from around then it's crazy that that's the normal now like then and now like nothing's changing we're still allowing these things to happen to our kids and um everyone's saying that these kids these new generations are what's going to save our country and stuff but we're not focusing on the things that are happening to them whenever they're younger. 
Like mm-hmm. if I can mm-hmm. find my own self-worth of how I feel about myself now in the platform I've created to help kids in my school and around Mississippi, then who knows how I would have turned up. Like we're not focused on these ideas and the things that we're allowing our children to be around. So they're ending up mentally and physically broken and not feeling the best about themselves. So that's really what hashtag you are is about. It's creating that self-worth in the kids from a young age to mm. last them mm-hmm. all the way up until adulthood to where they can finally deal with the pain that they went through and figure out it was worth it all. And I'm so glad that I had a way to get through it. So I've put bracelets and bracelets. There's a kindness bucket up in our front office. Kids will grab them. It's only been up there for one or two months. And that bucket's about this big and it's almost empty. Oh, wow. These things that are young kids like me and other girls who are in pageantry who have these beliefs that are so powerful, it's obvious that they're improving and doing something. Mm -hmm. So that's why even whenever people still constantly hate on me or they constantly try to put me down, I know that I'm doing something because I'll get Instagram DMs every day of girls sharing their stories with me, asking me how to break this so-called negative mental cycle. And I'm like, this is amazing. It makes all the people who tell me stop doing this, like it's not worth it, like you're not helping. It makes it worth it because obviously I am. And then on top of that, you know, of course, back in our day, there wasn't social media, but now social media multiplies the effect of Mm -hmm. bullying. Absolutely. Um, There's so many ways. And obviously, whenever y'all were kids, um, social media bullying probably wasn't necessarily as big as it is now. There wasn't social media when we were kids. Right. 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 So now it went from verbal and physical bullying so now mm-hmm. we have verbal, physical, and bullying through social media, which is crazy mm-hmm. that we're trying to bring more awareness to it and we're getting another effect of having another form of it. So the problem's growing, but at some point, there's only so many forms of bullying that can happen. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's going to be enough leaders and enough people to stand up that we can start to shrink the problem instead of letting it overtake us. That's yeah, what we're looking for. Yeah, because I was bullied, too, in high school and all that, and when I was younger. And I've always been, you know, I love your platform, You Are Enough, because that's really was all my issue. All my life, I always thought I wasn't enough. And because of that, it led me into 19 years of addictions until God healed me 13 years ago. Um, It led me into so many things because when you don't feel like you're enough, you try to live up to something that you can't live up to. You, You no longer become authentic. And, and that's the worst time thing you get. Like, I, I actually believe when you look at a lot of the young stars on TV and stuff, when, when they make bad choices, especially artists, the young artists, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times when a label brings them on, then they try to mold them into what they think will sell. I truly believe that that's what causes a lot of these addictions because you got this artist now who's been authentic all his life. Now he's got this fake persona to to live up to this label. And now he's or she is singing all these songs that they know don't fit them. And so they're wearing this mask, so to speak. And they so they have to use drugs and alcohol to cover all that up. Yes. Um, I was just in my high school beauty review. And 
I think the best thing that came out of that, I didn't win. I got second runner up to two seniors, which oh, was wow. amazing. Um, but the best thing that came out of that was on our bio sheet that they had given us, they said, one thing that you want the audience to know. And I was thinking, I could say I sing, I could say I dance, but I want to say something that I truly believe in. And I want so many others to hear because I can post it on social media all day long. Someone can tap through my Instagram story in a matter of seconds. But if you're sitting in an audience, having to listen, having to watch and having Mm -hmm. to be aware Mm -hmm. of what's going on, it's going to reach more people. So the thing that I wrote down Mm -hmm. was I believe that young teen girls and boys should seek self-love instead of outside validation. And I believe so strongly in that because as someone who went through seeking outside validation and trying to fit in with the people that I knew I wasn't ever going to fit in with made my middle school and some of my elementary years so hard. Instead of just knowing who I was and working on finding myself as a younger kid, I wasted years of my, I mean, obviously I'm still a kid, but like of my my youth, um, trying to fit in and I feel like I don't really have that many great memories from middle school or from um, elementary school until I joined the dance team because we had this initiative of hashtag be kind we put it on Mm. t-shirts we put it on sticky notes we plastered this initiative everywhere and whenever I went into high school I thought this is the most amazing thing ever like Mm. obviously it's changing people's lives and so that's whenever I created hashtag you were enough and I really had before I even started pageantry I was like if I'm gonna leave high school and all I'm going to have done was dance that's fine I want to make good grades I want to do dance I want to be with my friends and I want to have a good high school experience but what can I do to be one of the kids in high school that actually left a difference or made a mark at the school so we started this year off with a new principal he's absolutely amazing um he's made a huge difference in our school and definitely made sure that I have the tools and outlets that I need to get my platform all over the school. But I wanted to know that I was going to leave school with at least making a mark on one person or someone with a younger sister who was going to come up into the school division. It could keep practicing what I preach so that it could reach so many more people, even after I'm gone out of high school. Wow. Wow. Just little things like that make so much of a difference and you don't realize it because I have a friend with a little sister and she, I'll give her a hashtag you enough bracelets and I'll mm-hmm. talk to her about these things. And I'm thinking she's going to come up into my high school after I'm gone. Like I'm yeah. a sophomore in college and she's going to be a sophomore in high school. And someone is going to know about that. And it's going to trickle down in some way. Once Love that. An initiative or a movement, it doesn't stop with the person it started with. If it reaches enough people, it can go anywhere, which I think is amazing. You know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Miss USA, a Miss Universe, or they think it's all about the looks and all about that. But they don't see the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their levels, but even in the pageant world, just to win anything and move up that ladder, so to speak. Um, So I always want to talk about the, the sacrifice side, because 
nobody really talks about that in any, and I don't care what industry you're in, if you're going to the top, you're going to have to sacrifice. So I always want to make sure we hit that hard. So if you want to take a few more, let's just talk about that side of it, you know, about the sacrifices you have made to get to where you are, even at this point. So thinking on that aspect is very weird for some of my age because I'm 14. Like <laughs> what sacrifices can a 14 year old really make to her life? Like, not, go to, not go to the movies with her friends. Like you really think about it. And when people say that, I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like how many sacrifices can a 14 year old girl going into her sophomore year in high school, like how many sacrifices are even really possible in her life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I think about that and I really go in depth from the time that I've won into now, I've missed a lot, including friendships and different things, but not in a bad way, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because I know that whenever I go to a pageant or whenever I go to an event instead of going to a pool party or something, mm -hmm. I know that I'm still leaving an impact and I know that there's going to be another pool party some other time in the summer. And I know that my friends are still going to be there because my whole initiative is knowing who you are before you can put power and put um, time and energy into a friendship. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I am confident enough with myself and I can make enough sacrifices to be who I am, and know who I am, like losing friendships, just to figure out who I am as a person. Yeah. And those people still stay around. Then maybe losing one or two friends isn't as bad because yeah. I have now figured yeah. out who I am and who I want to be and where I'm going in life and knowing friends who stay, I wouldn't even consider that really a sacrifice because all I've done was grown closer with those people. <coughs> and I know that they're going to stay around. Mm -hmm. So, you just found who the true friends are. Exactly. So being 14 years old, making sacrifices, you can't really make that many sacrifices when you're my age because everything has an outcome. Every decision you make as a teen, these are like your molding years. Mm, everything right. you do is going to have some type of positive aspect. You're going to bounce back from something. Something's going to knock you down and it's going to take you a week a month a year maybe only a day but something's going to affect you enough that in a year or two you may say wow like i never knew that i was strong enough mentally to overcome one of these obstacles yeah sacrifices at my age are just really more room for growth love that i love your attitude because again you know that's you know when you look at this next generation as they say and and every generation is like that to be honest you know a lot of people they look down at the, gener the generation that's coming up and like oh our country's horrible but you know every generation said that exact same thing and oh, yeah. we're still here we are um but i but i do love that attitude that you have because i think it needs to rub off on this next generation because without your type of attitude we are doomed i mean um to to a degree because we yes. need people that will stand in the gap like you will and say, look, you are enough. You know, I believe in you because anybody can get out there and say uh, and bully and yeah. do this and mm -hmm. put people down. I mean, so, you know, you know, sometimes when people ask, well, why is the young people acting out? And I'm like, have you seen Facebook? Have you seen the adults? 
You know, they're acting out because the adults are the biggest bullies of them all. Oh, Just yes, watch Facebook. Are. I'm like, so we need people like you that will stand in that gap, that will grow into a young woman that can say, you know what? I've done it and you can too. Thank you. Um, one thing that I really like to think about whenever you say um, the next generation is our future, how would you describe your generation? In 2019, Miss USA, the year that Chesley Crisp won, um, one of their questions was, what is one word that you would use to describe your generation? And I've thought about that question quite a lot because my generation is very controversial in a way. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things going on with the kids of my generation and so many different mental things and the ideas that go on in our friends' and peers' heads. But one word that I really like to think about whenever I – say whenever someone says how would you describe your generation it's diverse really like think about think about the people that we're growing up with now there are so many different possibilities that we are a diverse group of young kids Mm -hmm. we're growing Mm -hmm. up and no matter obviously in every generation no matter how many people there are on this earth there's going to be a couple people that are just not going to do anything. That's so true. That's awful to think about, but it's something that people have to come with terms with because I feel like they see one person not doing anything and they think it's okay for them not to do anything. Uh, And that's not the truth. Example matters. You Mm -hmm. have to make a personal change and not be influenced by the ideas of someone else if Mm. you want to have a good life. So choosing how you want to be as a person is going to overall help the next generation and help our generation and the next five generations after that. So a couple people not doing anything with their life or a couple people ending up in the wrong direction, it's awful to see, and I hate seeing it, and I hate having to talk about it, honestly. But it's something that we have to talk about because Mm -hmm. people think one person slack off doesn't mean that they can slack off. So coming together as a group of people, if we have 7 billion people on this planet and 100,000 of them are in my generation and we have 2,000 of those 100,000 that aren't doing anything, that's still a ton of people who can make an impact. And there's just so many diverse people that we can make an impact whether we have 2,000 people who aren't really doing much or if we have all 100,000 who are making a difference. Yep, there's power in numbers, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, so staying on the troll thing a little bit here, because you are young, uh, and, and we know that every young person, especially when they're rising out there and the type of stuff that you do, you're going to get trolls and stuff like that. So to help the younger people, how do you handle that? Because that's got to be... Like I said, this didn't happen in our day. We we were just right. called to our face, stupid stuff. Yes. But you didn't have people that could be anonymous and just write what they want to no, write. You know, we didn't have to deal with this. How do you yourself handle that side of what you do? My whole idea of something is there's a lot of people who will think, say it to my face, and then I can deliver an attack to your face. But my idea is I don't need them to say it to my face. Their mm-hmm. words are going to hurt whether mm-hmm. it's over the internet or in person. Their words. Right. No matter who they come from, your best friend or from a random person, words are going to hurt. 
That's how humans are made. That's what we have yes, to deal with yes. growing up in life. So my whole aspect of looking out on that is, yes, if my face or say it to me through line, through online, it's still going to have the same impact. Mm-hmm. But I can control that impact no matter what. I can take it how I want to take it. If I want to let their words hurt me and keep me down, I can do that. Or mm-hmm. I can take those words and turn it into a backbone and take it and turn it into an armor that I can use to understand that someone else is going through something much worse than I am. And maybe all they need is a, it's okay that you said that to me because I'm strong enough to know that I'm mature, that I can take those words and I, and I can still turn them into kindness in a way that can help you. Yep, you take their bricks and you build your foundation with. Exactly. <laughs> you know, when we were growing up, they always had this whole um, nursery rhyme type thing. Sticks and stones will break oh, my bones, yes. but words will never hurt. <clears throat> I hate mm-hmm. that because actually it should be sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will always hurt me type exactly. thing. Because that, that people don't get that that words are that powerful yes, and, and, and and that's right I, I remember i changed it to um sticks and stones will break my bones but words will always scar me yes because that's the part that people don't don't really get is it's it's about the scarring you know the scars of the heart you never really heal from you 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 get to the point to where you can overcome it mm-hmm. but you don't really you know it's like a broken um you throw a dish down on the ground and it breaks you can glue it back all you want but it's never gonna what, be the, the same, same. That it was when, when words get out there into people's um head and stuff they're never going to be the same now granted they can grow from it like you have mm-hmm. and all that they can grow from it but i wish people would understand that words are that powerful i think that whole idea of sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me you're correct. It's a complete, complete lie. Mm-hmm. Words are always mm-hmm. going to hurt no matter what, or like I said, who they come from. And they're always going to scar, but it's your choice if you let them break you. Yeah. You can crack a dish plate and it still be in good, like, tact and you can still use it. Mm-hmm. Or you can stop trying to fix that scar, fix that crack and grow from it. And you can just let it yourself break or you can continue to move on with your life and just let that or have a breakthrough with it yeah or just continue to let that crack or that break or that hurtful word be something that pushes you forward and uses you as momentum to keep yourself together and help others exactly because you know all the scars that i've had in my past and through the addictions all that has actually given me the met you know, I remember a quote years ago that said, God will turn your mess into your message. And that's where I feel like it's done with me is, is all my past has created this really great mess, inspiring message for people to say, look, you, you're not alone. Um, yeah. So the mess into the message, I've never heard that. And I'm so happy that you just said that. Because um, thinking about my story and my journey and where I came from and how I all had to come to terms with what was actually happening to me. I remember one night after I got my dog, my dog is the best thing ever. She's like a little anxiety therapist that just like calmed me down. Um, I was on the back porch and I was just crying and just crying and just crying. And I couldn't understand why 
and I couldn't understand why I was letting these words affect me so much. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out because you're not supposed to have to deal with these things as a fifth grader. You're not supposed to have to worry about what people think of you. You're supposed to be on the playground, having fun, swinging on monkey bars, just like doing what normal kids do. And instead, I was having to think about how I felt about myself. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. my mom came out onto the back porch and got me. And I had to tell her what was happening at school and explain to her why I've been how I've been. And if I didn't take that time on the back porch that night and really think about it and absorb what was happening to me, mom never would have found me out there crying. She never would have found out what was happening at school. I would have had to keep going to school and kept dealing with the same people over and over and over again. And I never would have been who I am today doing what I'm doing right now. Exactly. The mess into the message is something that I would probably put everywhere now. So thank you. <laughs> um, and, and you know, the whole idea of that because so many people think that their mess is what's going to defy them for the rest of their life. And you're right to a certain point. You can let it be your personality and let your mess be who you are for the rest of your life, or you can use it as momentum to push you to where you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just it's just so crazy what goes on out there. And you know, and speaking of the good side now, because we talked about a lot mm-hmm. about the sacrifice. Let's go the other way. You know, what are some moments where you're like, wow, you know, that happened or wow, I got to do that? So whenever I decided I was going to compete, it was um freshman year. I had just started kind of getting into the swing of like being in high school, dealing with high school stuff. And I was in the car and I was like, I want to compete. I don't know what I want to compete in. I don't know if it wants to be music. If I want to keep competing in dance, I don't know what I want to compete in. I want to compete in something. And the whole reason that I kind of quit doing theater and I started doing school dance is because I wanted to be involved with my school. Theater served its purpose. It gave me a foundation of confidence that I never had before. So being involved with dance helped me be involved with my school and give me confidence and not be so anxiety-driven at school. Mm-hmm. So competing with dance and being with those girls and knowing that I had a family away from home was amazing because after the end of a theater show, you don't know when you're going to see that exact group of people ever again. It's always yeah. different. Right. But being on dance... I knew that I was always going to have at least one of the same people with me at all times that I could always rely on. But whenever it came to pageantry, obviously the same girls are not com- group of girls is not competing at every single pageant all over the globe. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. There's so many people. Pageants is a huge thing that you're never going to have the exact same group of girls competing every single year. It's going to grow or it's going to shrink. So whenever I was in the car, I was on my way to vocal lessons, which is something I enjoy doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just started writing a song about something that had happened to me in my life that was kind of breaking me and hurting me. And I didn't really understand what was going on once again. And so I decided, Savannah was talking about my sister. She's a cosmetologist. He was talking about going and doing hair and makeup at this pageant called Miss Magnolia State. And one of my friends, her name is Rebecca Wallace. She was the 2020 junior Miss Magnolia State. So she crowned me. Um, I've known her forever. I met her through theater. And she was crowned. And she was going to go and do makeup makeup for the girls competing for Rebecca's crown. And I was like, why don't I go? So I thought about it for the car ride. 
And then I told my mom, like, right before we got to the vocal lessons, I was like, why don't I compete? She, oh, was, wow. like, she was like, you've never wanted to do pageants. Like, why? <laughs> like, why now? I was like, I don't know. She was like, okay, well, yeah, you can compete next year. I said, mm -mm, this year. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And she was like, um, there aren't really any titles, Larissa. Like, a lot of them are being canceled because of <laughs> and i was like are there no like at large titles left like that can be awarded one through registration like is there no way that i can compete this year i need to compete i need something going on to focus what i'm feeling mm -hmm. so uh she was like well maybe so she reached out to the director he's my pageant director christian and he's absolutely amazing he runs the little miss and mr pageant mm -hmm. and he runs the big girl pageant um, he's absolutely amazing. He was like, yeah, um, we're doing, we're giving girls at large titles um, through registration this year because of COVID, a lot of the preliminaries couldn't happen. We had a lot of local directors bail out. And I said, okay, we're wow. this. Yeah. we have one month to get in shape, find a dress, an outfit of choice, an opening number, registration, hair, makeup, everything, figure everything out. So we have a month. So I said, okay, we're going to do this. So I went into vocal lessons Worked on my song, which I'm still working on today, so I'm praying that something good's going to come out of that soon. But I came out, and Mom said, we're going to go over to one of our close friends' house, who also does pageants, and she had some stuff that didn't fit her anymore, so I was going to go over there and try it on. So I went over there and tried it on, found an opening number outfit and an outfit of choice. Then, a couple days later, we went over to another great friend of ours, and we found an evening gown. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was our last piece. Like, that was the last thing we needed. Savannah was going to do my hair and makeup. We were already going to have a hotel room because she was going to be there. We had all these things. And all of a sudden, Mom was like, what are you going to do leading up to this? Like, you can't just go in there like <laughs> a bad one. <laughs> Mom had competed in pageants for years. Like, Miss Mississippi. She was Miss oh, wow. Mississippi 2014. She went to Miss America. And I was like, I'm going to do what you did. I'm going to turn my pain into my story mm. and we're going to figure something out to one, have me something to go into the pageant believing in and promoting, but also worst comes to worst. I come out of this changing one of those girls backstage, changing their lives and making them realize that they're enough. Mm. So I thought about what I had gone through. I thought about how I was feeling over these past few years and I created hashtag you are enough. So I wanted everyone to realize after I won that one of the main things that I had done was that I didn't go and buy a $2,000 dress and a $5,000 set of earrings or wow. this, yeah. these crazy amounts of money or anything. I had the confidence in myself that no matter what I was wearing, you just was authentic. Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to make sure that people realized that I every single piece of clothing that I wore this past year had been worn at Magnolia State before and we borrowed. Oh, wow. wow. We added a $25 belt to my dress and that was it. We ordered a $13 pair of shoes off of Amazon and I wore a borrowed dress with a $25 belt, some earrings that I'd had in my closet forever and a $13 pair of shoes. Wow. Wow. And I wore the dress. I went and I wore my confidence more than I even focused on what I was actually wearing. Oh, so cool. everything kind of just 
added up. Everything was perfect. And it just all came together. And it worked. Exactly. And <laughs> so many people, so many people have come up to me and been like, where'd you get your dress? Where'd you get your outfit of toys? Like, what, how did your interview go? Like, how'd you do so well in interview? And I'm like, I was me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know how to do best. I, I, did, I did what I had been trying to you do, are enough. do my entire life. And it finally all clicked in my brain during my interview with them. Mm-hmm. So I did an interview and then on stage, I found the confidence in what I was wearing and how I looked enough that the judges saw that. So, so many people think mm-hmm. you need to go buy a new dress every year or you need to spend all this money on crazy things. And I'm like, no, the dress is not going to make you win. Mm-hmm. How you mm-hmm. look is not going to make you win. It's going to add to that and show that you are respectful of yourself enough to actually get up and put in effort to how you look. But yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're not looking for who's the prettiest. This is not a most beautiful pageant. This is a pageant for who can be an ambassador of Mississippi and spread the word, their word and their beliefs of what they believe in all over, which is what I really focused on doing. Wow. So um. going and wearing confidence as my main piece of armor was one of the most amazing things that I've ever wow. felt. And then standing in top two with one of my great friends now, Oh, cool. The second I took my last step to come down to the front, I knew. Mm. I knew because I was like, this is my first pageant. Go in there, do what you want to do, and have fun. But I knew as soon as I made it to top two, there was no way that I hadn't won because I I couldn't have done anything better. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Now, now last weekend, wasn't it, you were part of – um, helping, wasn't it? Yes. Tell um, us about that. I said on TJ Kate's um, OBTV Live, I accidentally said I judged, but I actually got to MC, which is one of my <laughs> favorite things to do. Um, oh, wow. So fun. I love speaking to audiences. I obviously love doing interviews and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But I got to MC, and I actually ended up um, crowning three girls who were going to come and compete for my title of Junior Miss Magnolia State. Oh, wow. <laughs> This pageant is November 19th through the 21st. So a lot of people, I'm going to get off track for a second, but a lot of people ask me why it's a three-day pageant. And it's because you have to go through prelims and finals. But the first day is um, rehearsal. So you get to meet everyone. Because people only see Miss USA on TV and it looks like it's a three-hour event, but it's way more than that. They're there for Miss USA for, I think, at least two weeks, which is (laughs) <laughs> yeah, being away from home for that long sounds scary. Um, <laughs> but being away from home for three days and still being able to be with people that I love was not that bad. So I think everyone thinks of being on stage as a scary thing, but like you're in junior miss and you're in teen, you have to have a legal guardian with you. Mm-hmm. So like you're still mm-hmm. with people that you love and you know. So it's not scary. But back to helping this weekend. Um, yes, I got to crown three girls who were coming for my title in November, and I'm very, very excited. I've already started finding dresses to crown in and different things like that. Well, but I am probably going to cry harder on the <laughs> 1st than I will ever cry for the rest of my life, even whenever I eventually get married and I'm older. I think I will cry harder on November 21st than I will ever cry for the rest of my life because that means that this journey of this title is over. 
and a new journey begins. So is the new journey Miss Teen? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm under under contract right now, which I can't compete in anything that. Right. Which is completely fine because I have to be an ambassador for Magnolia State, which is a dream come true. Um, But I can't compete at all this the year that I've been in right now, 2021 to November 21st. As soon as November 21st is up, I am released in my contract and I can go and compete somewhere else. Um, but there's so many great Mississippi pageant systems that lead to nationals um, that I haven't really decided on just one yet that I'm like, yeah, yeah that is my main goal. I may compete in three or four statewide pageants that lead to a national next year, or I may mm-hmm. only compete one. Or I may decide that pageantry is something that I want to do for the rest of my life, but it's now giving me this outlook of um, hashtag you enough that I can promote whether yeah. I'm pageantry or not. So Love that. what I decided to do after I give up my crown, which actually I here today, everyone asks me. <laughs> <laughs> but after I give up my crown and after I give up my title, no matter what I decide to compete in, what I decide to do, I have grown an enormous amount from something that I never would have thought was even possible. Love that. Um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the person, but they don't see the teams behind the people. And and it doesn't matter whether you're an artist, an actor, a pageant person. It takes a team of people yes. to make all this work. And in my opinion, the teams never get the love they deserve. No. So if you want to take a few moments just to tell us about I the would, team that helped you out. I would love to. So, like I said, you don't need a ton of money to get your team or your outfits or everything that you need together. Um, my sister did my hair and makeup. She is a cosmetologist that she went to school and she got a degree for it. So I guess that kind of helps a little bit because she doesn't charge me because I'm her sister. <laughs> I gotta love that. Yeah. But you can do your own hair and makeup. But if you would like for Savannah, my sister, to do your hair and makeup, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook under Absolutely Savvy Artistry. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Um, she can work with Anything, hair and makeup, work with extensions, um, anything you want. Um, and then for my alterations, Miss Sam Holmes did it. She's amazing. She works so quickly and somehow managed to take in some clothing that was absolutely huge on me and make it look like it was made for me. And then my spray tan came from Robin Lampkin. She's also amazing. It was perfect the entire weekend. I felt so confident and beautiful, and it was even, and it was just amazing. Wow. And then... A lot of people ask me this, but no one did my pageant coaching except for my mom, which a lot of people were surprised about because usually oh, cool. mother and daughter do those mm-hmm. fights a lot. Uh, yes. <laughs> no one says that we did not. We did have disagreements. But at the end of the day, I knew that she was trying to help me. And so my mom ended up doing all my pageant coaching and helping oh, wow. me where I am today. I love that. Awesome. Now, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, our little oh, nine-year-old. Do. Yes. Sandy's going to go get His name's Christopher. <clears throat> Hi. And we've got a two-year-old that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show, too. All right. And and you know what? We're, when she gets three, three, four, somewhere, we'll probably be starting her out in, like, dance and all that. Because every, everybody we talk to that's young like you, it almost seems like that's where everything began was dance. So we're like, okay, well. That may be the route we need to go with her and see what happens. I never took a dance class whenever I was little. My sister was on dance team from seventh grade to senior year. 
and now she still loves dancing. Oh, but wow. I took dance class. I just kind of learned from whatever she was doing. So I guess dance is where it kind of all started. But for you, it didn't. No. Yeah, but now it's kind of led here. So <laughs> hi, Christopher. Hi, Larissa. So what's your favorite food? Ooh, good question. Um, my favorite food, probably fruit. Um, it's always been something that I enjoy. Uh, at the lake that we go to every summer, we get a big watermelon and we eat the watermelon all as a family. And so it's just kind of a great pastime. And what's yours? Mine is pizza. Pizza's good. Pizza's very, very good. Yeah. We need to get them as a sponsor. We need to get a pizza place as a sponsor because he's always saying pizza. <laughs> kind of dangerous for me, but you know. <laughs> Next. Okay, what's your favorite TV show? Ooh, that's a really good question. I watch. So, fun story. I actually don't watch a lot of TV because I'm so busy. I watch a lot of YouTube. But one of my favorite TV shows is probably Glee because it involves some of my favorite things. Theater, drama, and singing and dance. Well, uh, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, too. <laughs> I, I watch YouTube more than I watch Netflix or TV. Yeah, he, thing. yeah, he watches the kids' YouTube. Yeah. Yes. It has everything. Tutorials. Yeah. <laughs> He's always trying. If, we, if we're look, trying to look up something, he always tries to find it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I have a problem. My dad would be like, Google it. And I'm like, no, you got to YouTube it. Like. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube's way better because again, it's step by step, and you exactly. see the and you see what how to do something. <laughs> so, um, but, okay, uh, was, oops. and you know what's cool about this show is um, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows, right. and, and you know it's been great because he um, we've been able to bring on quite a bit of of people that are on Nickelodeon on this show, so he's been able to talk to some of his favorite people. That's amazing. And what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show is SpongeBob. I love a good SpongeBob episode. You could never go wrong with SpongeBob, ever. Yes. <laughs> One more question. One more okay. question. What's your favorite What's your favorite movie? Hmm. Give me one second to think. <laughs> we'll put the little um, pageant timer. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds to answer. Um, I would say one of my favorite movies is Pitch Perfect because, again, um, music related. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought of all That's a good movie. A very interesting thing that a lot of people think is easy to do because you're just singing without music or mm -hmm. without instruments. But whenever you like look at Pitch Perfect, like they create instrument sounds with their mouth. And I'm like, are you from a different planet? Like, I don't understand how people do it. So I think that that movie is just so interesting. Because you should look up um, a group called Nat is it? Naturally, Seven. Naturally Seven. We had we had them on. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Yes, they were awesome. And and um, they were really good. But that group, it's like I've, I've watched videos of them before I reached out to them. I was like, wow. Because you would think that they got drums and guitars and all this. They're a whole band without the band. <laughs> yeah, um, Pentatonix is another like big acapella group. Mm -hmm. They'll make all these noises with their mouth, and I'm like, I don't know how they do it. I don't understand how mm -hmm. that comes out of them. I just don't get it, but it's amazing. <laughs> okay. 
Bye. <laughs> yeah, he loves that part. Uh, he's been in. We've done almost four hundred interviews, and he's probably been in ninety percent of them. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's great to grow up in front of the camera sometimes. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yes. He says he's going to have his own podcast someday. So. So we're being the example here. Yes. Oh, that's great. All right. So who inspired you the most to start doing pageants? Probably my mom, because my entire life, her and my sister and my dad, of course, they've all been great influences on me to make sure that I'm going where I want to be going and I'm headed in the path that I choose. And they've always encouraged me to do what I love and to live out the dreams that I have, not what they have. But especially my mom, because she always told me, if you want to do a pageant, I will be here for you every oh, wow. single way. But I'm not going to force you to do a pageant. I'm not going to ask you to do a pageant. I'm not going to force you to do anything. If you want to do a pageant, that is your choice. Yeah. And she never brought it up again until I told her that I wanted to do Miss Magnolia State. Wow. And that's whenever she said, okay, we're going to do it. But if we're going to do it, we're going to go full in. Right. Okay. The so only way to do anything. It is. <laughs> and so we did. We did what we had to do. And... Here we are. What would you like for your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known for? If I had to be known for every for anything, um, <laughs> I obviously love to sing and I love to dance and I love to do pageants now as a new thing. But I would love to start up a nonprofit organization for hashtag you are enough and get it outside of Mississippi. And oh, even wow. after I'm gone and old and gray. I can look down on the earth and see that I've made some type of impact in a child or an adult's life and know that it's going to be here for a long time and that I don't have to continue to share my story because there's so many people that want to get involved with it and they want to share it there. And that I bring someone at least just an ounce of confidence (laughs) to the point that they can come to someone, whether it be a therapist or someone that they trust and talk about their story in a productive way that breaks this negative cycle and they can get to a better place to inspire others. Love that. So um, as we come to a close here, I've got a final question. It's kind of a two-part question coming from two different perspectives. Um, What advice would you give a person, a young girl that wants to, that she wants to take the same route that you are. And what advice would you give the parents so that they don't, they don't push too hard? Talking about the child aspect, giving advice to a child, you can't go into it doing it because you want to feel pretty or beautiful. You have to go into it doing it because you want to make a relationship with a new friend or you want to find confidence, or you want to make an impact on someone. If you go into it wanting to feel pretty, then it's not going to work. You can't Mm -hmm. go into it asking to find yourself through pageantry. You have to know who you are and help it build you. Love that. So if you're going in because you think that pageantry is going to be the thing that makes you feel pretty, then I'm sorry to break it to you, but it won't. Because obviously in pageantry... There's a lot of hairspray and glitter and glam Mm -hmm. and hair and makeup and everything. And that's great, 
But if at the end of the day, you cannot wipe all that off and take all of that out of your hair and put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt and still feel as electric and as beautiful as you were whenever you were on stage, then you're doing it wrong. Mm, love so, that. Go into pageantry with the idea of, I want to make a friendship. I want to grow as a person, not let it become who I am. And then on the aspect of a parent, as a mom who did um, pageants and as a sister who's involved with hair and makeup and wanting to make sure that everything looks right and that everything looks good. Not perfect, but well, so that you look presentable and you look mm-hmm. But don't force them into pageants. Don't do it because you think it's going to give them confidence. They have to go into it with confidence and have enough that it can just, like I said, grow them. Mm-hmm. So putting them into it because you want them to make some friends, maybe. Putting them into it because you want to have some mother and daughter time with them. Yes, you can't go in there with an expectation for them. Because at the end of the day, if they don't uphold that, then you're going to feel disappointed as a parent. And that's never something that you want to have with a child is a disappointed relationship because they didn't hold up mm-hmm. to that you expected of them. If you go in there expecting them to win or expecting them to make top 15 or top 5 or top 10 or top 2, and they don't do that, then at the end of the day, you have to be able to have that relationship and that connection with them to say it's okay to feel defeated. But if you want to do it again, then we'll get back up and we'll do it again. But I don't want, you never want your child to feel like as if they don't perform to the expectation that you have for them, then you're going to be disappointed in them. Love that. That was a great thing that my mom did was that she never expected me to win. She never expected me to make top 15, top 10, top 2. And yet there you are. And yet here I am. (laughs) And it was because I knew that throughout the entire thing, win or lose, I could have been, there were 32 people in my division. I could have been 32nd. I could have been the very last person to ever be on anyone's mind. She was still going to be so proud of me at the end of the day. And that's why I knew it was okay that no matter what, I was going to come home with a crown on my head in reality or an invisible crown on my head. And it was going to be made out of confidence and love and support from my family and peers. Love that. Um, So tell everybody how they can reach out to you on social media. So social media, I have a lot of accounts, but I will just give you my two pageant accounts um, on Instagram to follow me as a person through all different pageant experiences that I have and to follow hashtag you are enough. Follow life with Larissa on Instagram. That is underscore dot life dot with dot Larissa underscore. <laughs> um, so kind of lengthy title, but that's how you find me on Instagram. And then I have also recently started up the Junior Miss Magnolia State official account. So oh, wow. when is done, I will pass that down to the next year's winner. But you can keep up with the next seven months of my journey on that account, which is just Junior Miss Magnolia State on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I'm Larissa Gaines, Junior Miss Magnolia State. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We, we definitely did. look forward to having you back for updates. Thank you. I would be more than honored to. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you.